Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Guys and a Mike Show. TalkZone.com coming at you. Beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. Sports talk and more. Feels like a Friday. Feels like a Friday. It's a Thursday. Day after Wednesday feels like a Friday. Weekend coming. If you got all that straight, you're a better man than me. While you're trying to figure out that multi-confusion, enjoy the music of the TalkZone.com. Yes, indeed, on the precipices of a July 4th weekend. How about that? Thursday, June 30th, final day of the month of June. Precipices. Not sure where I got that from. David, is that the correct use of uh, terminology? Could I say that? On the precipices of July 4th weekend? David uh, Olson, our producer and also our linguistics uh, judge here. You can say that, but I don't even think that's a real world. Really? So, yeah. There's got to be something like that. It sounded so good. Darn. Precipice? Is that ah, what that's what for? I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Precipice. What did I say? Precipice? I don't know what you said, think... but I, I don't want it. It sounds like something you get if you go to New Guinea. Precipice might have been a Greek god or something like that. I think I got my Greek mythology confused with the weekend coming. At any rate, final day of June. July 4th weekend is right upon us. All kinds of sports to talk about. Got to catch up with the big dog who was uh, covering... A very exciting Cubs game for the TalkZone.com yesterday. Two guys at a mic show. It's the coach and the big dog with you. Our phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. Thank you for spending a little time of your day with us. And now without further Joseph ado, let's welcome in the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Big dog, we missed you yesterday, but I know you were out on assignment. Yes, I was out on an assignment. It was absolutely phenomenal. My first <laughs> game of the year at, at, uh, at Wrigley Field and it was, uh, uh, the freak taking on Ryan Dempster. Coach, what a pitcher's duel. Wow. A run wasn't scored to the seventh, and that was after taking me out to the ball game. And I got, I got to tell you something. That was the fastest game I have ever been to. I ever. tuned in, I tuned in like at 8.30 to catch, you know, the fourth, fifth, sixth inning. I figured, yeah, probably bottom of third, top of fourth. And we're on the bottom of the eighth. Ryan Dempster pitching. I'm like, ho, hey, whoa. I wow. know, that was the fastest baseball game. Of all time. I know obviously it wasn't, but I mean, it was, that was the fastest game I've ever been to. It was just, it was amazing, coach. Pitchers were getting it and throwing it. Brian Dempster had 83 pitches and in going into the ninth inning. I don't know if I would have taken him out, to be honest with you. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Got to talk about that. Not, not a good day for the beer benders, though, right? When the game goes that quick? Well, they coach, pro- I was there. Huh? I was there. I made well, up for the quick yeah. game. For the beer vendor in your section, but I'm I'm trying to you know me I think of all of our brethren out there I'm trying to think yeah. of the other beer vendors who were not fortunate to be serving you. No, you're you know you're you're exactly right. It was funny I was bringing that up to the guys in the in the section. They were all laughing about it. They didn't realize that that's part of my shtick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my girlfriend's <laughs> used to it. She's like oh, I've heard this on like 50 times, but for somebody who's like heard it for the first time, you know, yeah. and I start going over hey. I remember I would always have to take a cab as Steve Traxel was pitching because I wouldn't be able to walk when I left the park. Everybody's cracking up. Oh, that's hilarious. And I'm like, man, I've told this joke at least a hundred times. Oh, goodness. Were you uh, once again the ombudsman of your uh, section at Wrigley Field, Big Dog? You have Um, a unique way of 
of uh, bringing your fellow brethren from different rows and sections unto upon yourself? There is no question that I was the ombudsman of the area. And as a matter of fact, the, the old man <laughs> who's the security in the section was sitting right next to me. Uh-huh. The whole time he was laughing. Though, the whole time. Because like, like, uh, like, like, every time it would get like real quiet in the section, I would just like blurt something out. Like, so one time the, the second hitter came up. What was his name? Something Burris. Email Burris. And I'm like, hey, do you guys know that last year Emil Burris missed three weeks in the minor leagues due to gonorrhea? <laughs> the whole thing, they're like, oh, please. I just, like, I, just, I had all day long coach. It was just coming and coming. It was beautiful. The guy next to me was just dying, and he was the guy that was actually letting people in the section. Mm-hmm. So, Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Well, I'm glad you uh, finally made your first appearance, right, at Wrigley Field? Yes, it was, nice. was awfully good. It sat in the 10th row inside the, you know, it's, uh, in section 10. Wow. 10. 10th row as in 10th row from field? Yeah. Wow. Because normally when you coach? normally when you say tenth row, it's like tenth row from the seats where you can't see anything. Yeah, but I, I uh, luckily I got I got the hookup yesterday. How much do you think nice. those tickets are? Uh, those tickets are probably eighty bucks. Okay, they're a hundred dollars. Wow. Every single one of them was sold all the way around. A hundred dollars. We spent over three hundred dollars. I don't have a job. I mean, I barely have a job. Okay, mm-hmm. you've got a good one. Luckily. But $300 at a baseball game? Come on. Come, that's way too much. That's way too much uh, money. We had a good time, but you'd have to be a millionaire to afford to go to Wrigley Field on a consistent basis. Oh, well, to sit in the 10th row. Well, this is true, Coach. I understand, but it was her first baseball game. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to just, you know, you want to do something nice. And plus, when Timmy Linton comes pitching, you kind of want to get a close-up view of that dude. Because he's just a little ant out there. He's tiny. So if you're sitting in the top section, you wouldn't even realize someone was on the pitcher's mound. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that, that dude is fun to watch pitch. And so is Ryan Dempster, by the way. Kind of two opposites of approach. But, uh, boy, both guys are fun to watch in their own right. And Timmy Lensico, man, he can he can fling it, and he's got that flair to go along with it, big dog. And, and he's got the most unique motion ever. Yes. Nobody has, in the history of the game of baseball, nobody has thrown the ball in the style that Lincecum does. Yep. Where he drops his arm straight behind him, kicks his leg up to the to the sky, and mm-hmm. then next you know his hand is as high as his leg was just a second ago, and it's coming down like mm-hmm. a hammer. Yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't make any sense how it, he throws the ball. Reminds me of a kid who uh, who I was good friends with back in the grade school days, who used to on occasion have uncontrollable like spasmodic attacks on, during recess. Okay, that's what Timmy Lincecum looks like. You got the arms, the legs, and it probably looks like that to the batter coming in too. But the arms, the legs flailing. You figure out you, you know, you wouldn't think he would get any control with that, but somehow he does. Well, his dad taught him it. Like, yeah, like the first time he picked up a baseball and threw it. The second time his dad taught him out of that motion, yeah. and from then on he had a throw like that. Or else yeah. his dad wouldn't play catch. Yeah, I was gonna say if you don't believe the Tim Lincecum success story, just ask his dad. He'll be the first <laughs> to tell you. <laughs> yeah, isn't it, isn't it funny that all these guys that were like driven by their dads really hard always turn to marijuana? Have you noticed that? Yeah, it's true. That's uh, it's called the Marinovich factor. It is. I mean, it's not just Todd Marinovich and Tim Lincecum. Mm-hmm. There's been many issues of of overbearing uh, fathers. Yes. Have you noticed that uh, figure skate moms? Those figure skaters they don't they turn to crystal meth, not marijuana. <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> I was not aware of that. You got a well, shocking expose. Well, Oksana Bayul. Nicole Bobick, the local Chicago girl, yeah. all of them got messed up and putting the stuff in their nose. Yeah. See, Ta- Tanya Harding stayed straight. She just hired people to, to ruin her opponents. Yeah, this is true. She was, a, But she does go out to quarter beer night a lot uh, oh, yes. in, her, in her small town. Oh, yes. Yeah. No question. And the Friday fish fry. Don't forget about that. Ooh. Yeah. 
By the way, I cut out a section from the, uh, I think it was yesterday's Chicago Tribune, up, uh, some of the top Friday fish fries up in Wisconsin. Oh, I got man. it marked down. And big dog, you and me, we got a lot of trips to make, but that might be another a little little venture we make north of the border for a good old Wisconsin bar fish fry. Well, maybe we'll start our trip in November when we start going to different campuses, our bum rush. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're bum rushing campuses. Okay. Well, maybe we'll start in Madison and, you know, and just, and we'll go to a fish fry on the way up there. It's not a bad Friday call. Night. Not a bad call. Or, you know, after our first bum rush, we can go celebrate over a couple cold ones and a fish fry. Couldn't think of a better place to do it. So you're starting to get out. You know, the more I hear that name, I kind of like it, don't you? Bum Rush in the campus? Well, you know, but our little tour, it's called the Sports Bum Rush. I like it. Yeah. I like it, Coach. You see, when when I'm there, though, I don't want to just do it for the sports. I want to go there and find, like, the anarchist on campus. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I want to do it, like, universal. Yeah, we need to get away from the sports. We've always said the two of us, you know, know, we talk sports, but we get off the sports page early and often. Um We'd probably be better off talking less sports and more of the other stuff. So, yeah, if we do the bum rush, we could just be at current events, politics, sports, uh, uh, what college kids are doing these days. You know, we, we could get into all kinds of topics. I think it'll be an enjoyable venture. There are so many unique and odd and cool clubs on campus. Yep. You know, and, you know, we can go to one campus and we'll be talking about, like, uh, did you ever play the Assassin game? Do you know what I'm saying? So we talked about it on. Oh here. yeah. I mean, yeah. there's all, there's always something great going on on campus. Mm-hmm. Coach, I, I really, I, I love the idea. Who's you know, going to? So, um, what do we do? We 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 got to hire a cam- someone's got to film it, and then what are we putting it on YouTube or how do people see this? That's well, the part we're, I we're gonna we're gonna need two people to go along with us. Oof. Okay. Um, okay. I'm not well. Somebody that's really good with the camera editing. And and chopping stuff up, and the other one's going to have to probably be my girlfriend because she can't. I don't think she'd be able to stand being away from me for more oh, than like twenty hours. Listen to you. Hours. Listen to you. Somebody's whooped. Yeah, she is. I have to. Yeah, be. yeah. Take it easy. All so right. She's looking at me right now, and I think I'm going to get whooped, coach. So all of a sudden, I, I was just making that up. <laughs> we, we only need we only need a crew of two, coach. We really do. We need somebody that's really good with filming and mm-hmm. editing, and another person that's really good with organization producing and holding okay. the boom but where would uh david olson maybe you can help us with this where would uh you know joe schneider out in uh oklahoma a how would he find out about us and b by by what avenue would he actually watch the college bum rush featuring the coach and the big dog would it be uh well, well coach we, we'd have to get our own site like bumrush.com and immediately we uh we put it on air like a like whenever we got stuff when we're streaming live okay Okay, when you stream live and you write up your hashtags enough, because people will just be, hey, what's live on the Internet right now? Okay, and then all of a sudden we'll pop up as one of the people mm-hmm. that are live on the Internet. So you can get a website, bumrush.com, and then people can tune in. Can it be archived, or do they got to watch it live? Oh, We're absolutely, taking... yeah. We, we would have to. We can, it would be just like talkshow.com, okay. Coach. You know what I mean? We can we can live stream it, and then afterwards the same person who streamed it live for us, or strum yeah. it, well, we'll have to talk to We'll have to ask Dave about the. David, can you uh, confirm the big dog's accuracy on this? Is he is following a five or six or nine beers at the Wrigley Field yesterday? No, he's correct. Really? Yes. So it's not that hard. No, it's the, not that the hard. The key is finding that third person. The fil- we got to bring two people with us: a film guy and an editor guy. Well, in a perfect world, it'd be the same guy. But okay, if you've got one guy filming, one guy editing, you get stuff done faster. Yeah, and I, I was figuring we'd have two people, two people shooting, mm-hmm. and then 
one person as the editor and mm-hmm. the other person as the producer organizing stuff. Because I know I'm going to be doing a lot of production coach. You don't have to do that. Okay? <laughs> but, you know, we'll just get one other person doing yeah. all the production, I'm... one person doing all the editing, two people doing the filming, and you and I looking for stories I, to entertain people. I, that's the part that I'm worried about. I'm worried about you doing, quote, unquote, research uh, after hours on college campuses. I'm not quite sure how long this bum rush will um we might be like, you know, one or two campuses, and the show has been cut short. Hello. here We're here on the University of Georgia's campus, right in the home of the FCC, and we're here at one of the finest sororities, the uh, Hama Hama Hama, <laughs> and we're here to find out which one of these young ladies gives the best massage. Uh... Okay, Isabel, you're first. I mean, I, Coach, I mean, that's scintillating, scintillating streaming right there. Bye, Hamana Hamana Hamana. I think I think I met that sorority one time. It's a good, it's a good sorority, Coach. I certainly. Oh goodness! Uh, all right, big dog. You know, now that we have the the bum rush all settled down, I'm glad you were able to be at Wrigley Field and watch the Chicago Cubs win, two to one, uh, and and all those hundred dollar seats were sold. I'm glad of that. And when you mentioned yeah. all of that money coming in, I thought, well, good. There's a decent chance we'll get to sign Tony Campana for one more year. Oh, isn't that guy's a blur, Coach? An absolute blur. But it also proves that you just don't take your fastest guy and throw him in center field and all of a sudden think he's got a good center fielder out there. Yep. He is horrendous. Oh, my goodness, is he a bad de- <laughs> He is a horrible defensive player coach. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. I, you know, his decision-making on the dive, he made a couple of mistakes out of uh, effort. We do So I'm not ready to say he's a hurt. I think he's actually probably a pretty good center fielder. But we will say this, his throwing arm, Wow. Juan Pierre was taunting him. Seriously, Juan Pierre was at the game yesterday making fun yeah. of his arm. I, I thought that was a little Yeah, that, that, a little that he's got to work on because that runner was, I mean, you know, I've seen high school kids. Uh, that's even an insult to high school kids, a freshman team. That was like a, a throw from a freshman level outfielder. Yeah, yeah, it was bad, Coach. Yeah. It was bad. I, but, I legitimately can, I think I might have as good an arm as Tony Campana, if not better. Yeah, right that's, now. that's probably not an exaggeration. No humor intended there. But I, I think Tony Campana can get to the ball. He's got great speed. Love watching the kid play. And he did come back in the ninth inning and score the winning run, Big Dog, and a yeah. very exciting yeah. finish for the beloved. Yeah, and, like, and I always say it every time, Coach, that impresses me more when somebody gets knocked down and they yeah. get back up and they, they perform. Because mm-hmm. anybody, we all get knocked down, Coach. It's whether we get back up and, uh, Campana was, I mean, he, he, one thing is like, when you watch him defensively, I'm like, why doesn't he get it? Take a better angle to the ball, all this other stuff. And then when he gets into the batter's box, he doesn't pop the ball up. He always makes contact. You know, he hits it on the ground and he takes advantage of his speed. So he understands his capabilities on the offensive end. When he figures them out on the defensive end, we could have a, mm-hmm. the Cubs could have a really good fourth outfielder on their mm-hmm. hands. I even think for a championship level team down the road, I like him as a fifth. Outfielder, he can fill yeah. in at times when guys get injured. He becomes the fourth outfielder, and in tight games, big dog, you bring him in as a pinch runner. Oh, absolutely, so, coach. You know, and in that role, I think he could be very, very valuable. So uh, again, for a championship level team, fifth outfielder, I like him. That's exactly what I talked about last night. That I was like, you know, he's our fourth outfielder. Not if the Cubs are any good in two or three years, mm-hmm. hopefully he's our fifth outfielder. Yep. People are looking at me and they're like, "What? Mm-hmm. You see that play?" I'm like, the guy has specialties. And if there's a role for every single team in, the, in Major League Baseball needs a fifth outfielder that's the fastest guy in baseball, and he is the fastest guy in baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only guy that's even close to I don't even know who's even close to him speed-wise, Coach, uh, to be honest. Well, with we know after, watch, after watching yesterday's baseball, it's definitely not Paul Konerko, and it's definitely not Pat Burrell. Oh, 
my goodness. Those two could have a race for the slowest going from first to second base. As good a hitters as they are, those two might be the two slowest in the league. But uh, Yeah, yeah, Paul Conurco is in slow motion. I will also say this about Tony Campana. And any baseball fans you want to check in, Big Dog and a coach, at your service here. Phone lines wide, spank, and open. Give us a call. We'll get you right on. 888-463-6748. And I don't mean this as an insult. I mean it very much in a positive way. Big Dog, I have... I don't recall seeing a Major League Baseball player as happy to be part of a team, to be in the dugout, to congratulate his teammate. He's like a kid in a freaking baseball candy factory. And, again, I say it in a positive way uh, ever than, than Tony Campana, if you watch him in, in the dugout. A, a diehard baseball fan, a lover of sports, would never have taken that as an insult, Coach. Yeah, but there's many we others need, that would. We need, we need more people who appreciate the fact that, I'm in the major leagues. I'm getting paid big-time money to play a freaking game. Let's be happy. I mean, I, I swear to you, maybe it's easier to play football with a frown, but baseball, the only player in the history of the game who was able to play well when he was angry was Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Every other player in the history of the league plays better relaxed and having fun. Okay, so even Bob Gibson. There was Bob Gibson was like, I wasn't angry and scowling. He's like, I don't even know where I got that. He's like, I'm glad I had it, but I was happy when I was out there. I loved pitching. How about Lee like, Smith? I thought it was funny. Lee Smith always looked like either he was very unhappy or just had real bad gas. There's, yeah, I, I know so much about Lee Smith that I, I don't want to throw him under the bus, but it, uh, yeah. I, I don't think he was coherent hey, enough. Don't worry really about it. Don't worry, he wouldn't fit under the bus. You couldn't throw Lee Smith under the bus. Oh, best part of yesterday's game. I don't know if you saw this, Big Dog, or not, because you were probably celebrating, high-fiving all the friends you had met up in your uh, section as the self-proclaimed ombudsman of whatever section you're sitting in. But Tony Campana, uh, Ramirez hits the base hit the left. Campana easily scores from 30, crosses home plate. He's clapping as he crosses home plate, takes about three or four steps, and then turns around waiting. You know, again, he's like the new kid. Like, what, what do I do now? And he's kind of waiting for teammates to come out to him. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but nobody came to Tony Campana. They're all rushing out to Ramos Ramirez. So Campana was like two or three seconds. He looks left, looks right, and dead sprints out to Ramirez at uh, second base. It was like he was not sure how to celebrate and where the celebration was going to take place. <laughs> he's cute. From one man to another, it sounds weird to say, but the kid is cute, and I like him. I see. I like to look massive. So I would, instead of running at Ramirez and his big, and I would have ran that campaign and hugged him. So I did like, look how big Redwanski is. Well, normally in those situations, don't they have like they have two man hugs and then the two become one? Yeah. But in this case, yeah. they all ran to Ramirez and you know Tony Campana standing around going, "Hey, hey, I'm over here. I scored the winning run." But then he, he went. He used the speed, by the way. He went to a dead sprint and he beat almost everybody to Ramos Ramirez. Nobody's going to beat him. Nobody on the Cubs is going to beat him in a race, even if actually you know. There, besides Tim Lincecum coming to Wrigley Field, there's going to be very few reasons to go to Wrigley Field the rest of the year. So they're going to have yeah. to come up with crazy promotions. Yeah. Maybe they. What should they have Tony Campana race? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I mean, how about what's uh, something fast that Chicago is known for? How about uh, Kentucky Derby winner Animal Kingdom? Not bad. Just bring them in under the. the who can go armor. from? Who can go from home to third quicker? That's not bad, Coach. Because. Normally, when we have human beings racing horses at the straight line, let's give a little bit of the agility <laughs> factor in. And I mean, I know they have four legs, but you really think yes. a horse is going to be able to tag a base? No, he doesn't. To win the race, he wouldn't even have to tag the base. Just, just go over it or near it. I'm not going to make the horse actually tag the base. I'm making the rules as we go. Yeah. That's 
well, you're giving an edge to the horse in this race, Coach. Yeah, what the heck? Tony Campana will beat him. Is this going to be a time thing where you try to beat the other time or you just do it head-to-head on the base pass? Yes. <laughs> I haven't thought about it that much, quite frankly. Let me let me make this comment to you. Now, you, 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 you made the comment, well, you know, who wants to show up to Wrigley Field anymore? No, I didn't mean Unless, it like that, Coach. Right. I'm just... I'm just and I know you I would, don't because you you yeah. kind of agree with me. But and I had the and again call me corny or whatever. But I had this feeling and I get it a lot at different times during the season when I watch sports. It's one of the great things I love about sports. But here last night I'm watching the Cubs get very tense and intense game seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. I'm tuning in, and you know the Cubs are what 14 games out of first place, so there's no championship at stake. Technically, the game means nothing, but. It was great entertainment for the fans. The players were into it. And I'm sitting on my couch with my um, Sun Chip Nacho Cheese or Sun Chip uh, Cheddar Cheese. Very, very good, by the way. Uh, and a Corona beer. And, and I'm totally into the game. And when Ramirez gets that base hit to win it, you know, you watch that Major League Baseball team, guys 22 to 37 years old, jumping over each other, jumping on top of each other, legitimate joy at winning a game, big dog. No championship at stake. The season, you know, for the most part is pretty much over for the Cubs, but they can still relish the moment and winning that game. That, again, without sorting too corny, is what I fully, fully appreciate and love about sports. You know what? And, uh, you know, for me, this is a cub year that isn't wasted, Coach. You know, and I keep on saying it. I like the direction of the team. But, yeah, yeah, I had a blast last night. I yeah. thoroughly had a blast. And it's funny because normally I go with, like, you know, I, I told – you know, I was telling my girlfriend we go in there. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to be as like intense about this game as I normally would. She's like, what do you mean? And I was like trying to explain to her that like, you know, when the Cubs are good, I'm like on every pitch. I'm like, it's almost not even fun for me to go to these games in some weird way. It's so excruciating. Like a, a one nothing game going into the ninth inning in 2008 when the Cubs are vying for the best record in baseball, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to deal with it. I'd have been sick in the seat. Seriously, it was just I take stuff way too serious, and all of a sudden. I'd, Went and relaxed and watched the Cubs play Tim Lincecum. I thoroughly had a great time last night. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just reminded, reminded me how much fun I have going to that park. No question about it. No question. You alluded to uh, a little bit earlier. I want to get into it and then get to some of the other baseball games and then uh, other topics, including Wimbledon tennis, World Cup soccer, NBA lockout, and a special event coming up this weekend, Big Dog, which I do not think you are aware of, and it has nothing to do with July 4th. But uh, the decision last night, Ryan Dempster, Pitching um, probably the best game a Cub starters pitched all year. Dempster, great gritty performance, and he only threw what seventy eight pitches through eight innings. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's yeah. two innings for Carlos Zambrano. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. But he gives up a double in the ninth inning. Tough call for Mike Quade. I thought this was flip a coin, could have gone either way. But he brings in Marmal at that point. You uh, disagreed with that? You know, just. Uh, I, I didn't think he missed his spot on the double. That was just a good Major League Baseball player getting ahead of the bat on the ball. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he hung it right over the middle and it was whacked. You know, like you're going to give up hits every once in a while as a Major League pitcher. You know what? It was the shutout. The fact he at that point when he was taken out of the game, had only thrown 83 pitches. Like we said, this is a little bit different of a year. In some weird way, I kind of wanted Dumpster to stay out there mm-hmm. to try to get the shutout. A yeah. one nothing shutout. I, I have never been at a game where a pitcher threw a complete game one nothing shutout. And I've been to, 
I've been to a lot of games, Coach, but I just I don't ever remember seeing that. I was well, kind of hoping to see it. So. We all wanted to, no question about it. But what was the correct decision? Again, if it was four to nothing, then it's an easy decision. One nothing ball game, and I think, and again, Mike Quade backfired on him because it didn't work. Uh, Marmol blew the save, but I think his thinking was a that uh, they've seen Ryan Dempster now three times. So this is their fourth at bat. Let's bring in somebody they haven't seen with a little bit different motion. Uh, B, Dempster's not necessarily a strikeout. Pitcher, runner on second, nobody out. You need a K. Maybe a couple of strikeouts to get out of the uh-huh. inning, and I think maybe that's why he went to Marmol. Again, tough call. I think that might have been his thinking. Yeah, and, and you know what? Let's face it. As much as it's cool to get the stat of a complete game shutout, there's, there's a reason why you have Carlos Marmol down there. He's getting a paycheck, and that's a finish games in close situations. Yeah. So uh, the fact he... that he went to I was not angry at Mike Quade whatsoever. I mm-hmm. thought it was a bad decision. I thought yep. it was a smart one. So. Yep. However, it, and Quade's in one of those streaks where, you know, you roll the dice and it's not coming up the right number very often. Uh, it turned out to be the wrong decision because Marmol well, gave won. up a run. They won the game. Well, they won the game, but the, that pitching decision, Marmol, you know, it blew the save. Yeah, he did. He it blew the save, and, and, uh, but, you know, he did get everybody else out in the inning. And, you know, the Cubs were able to, to save Mike Quaddy's butt by, you know, winning the game. Mm-hmm. When, I thought one of the most impressive things of the game was when uh, Lincecum faced Alfonso Soriano and Reed Johnson with no outs and a runner at third. See, I didn't see that. Abs- he absolutely mm-hmm. – uh, so I tell everybody in the section, how many people here re- think Alfonso Soriano realizes all he has to do is make contact and the Cubs score to run? People turn around, they're like, he has no clue what the situation is. I just started laughing. And it, legitimately, three pitches later, Afonso Soriano was struck out. Mm-hmm. It was three pitches, two over his head, the third one in the dirt. And he just turns around and just and just walks back to the dugout like yep. nothing happened. Like, get, get some wood on the ball. That's all you got to do. Yep. Shorten your stroke up. Go back yep. up the middle. Boy, that, that is, boy, we, we talked about it yesterday with uh, the rookie JW, Jack Washer, sitting in for the big dog, and we brought it up in the fact that, uh, you know, the signing of Alfonso Soriano was not so bad. It's the long-term contract. Yeah. Don't, general managers, coaches or players, don't do those six, seven, eight-year contracts. You're going to get stuck with bad stuff. Two, three, four at the very, very longest. And, and especially, Coach, and I don't want to do eight years on nobody, but especially no. when a guy has been really good and then has the greatest year of his career by far, no doubt, in the contract year. Well, what a surprise. You know, the guy hits 285 with 25 home runs every single year of his whole career with 199 strikeouts, and all of a sudden the contract year, he hits 46 home runs, steals 41 bases, hits 320. He's at the park an hour early taking batting practice every game. Mm-hmm. But he never did that any year before. And then you give him $136 million, and you wonder why after you give him that, yep. he's back to the year before the contract deal, and he shows up at the park at a half hour before the game, and he doesn't work, and he basically lacks every single fundamental a baseball player should have. Yep. I wonder why. Yep. But then again, Coach, if you gave me $136 million to do the show, I just want to let you know, I'm just letting you know right now, I'm warning you because you're a friend of mine. I'll start fluffing off. Okay, I'll, I'll be late to the show. I'll be way too drunk to even show up sometimes. Just to let you know, I won't put in that same effort that uh-huh. I used to if you give me $136 million. As long, yeah. long as it's a guaranteed contract, right? Then you as can long as it's guaranteed, off. heck yeah. Yeah. $17 yeah. million a year over the next eight years, I won't do anything until the eighth year. Then I'll work in my butt up because I want another one. Yeah, I was going to say, on the other hand, if we did a sports talk show in your contract here, you'd probably be uh, scintillating entertainment. It would be, I'd be, trust me, I'd get here early. I'd talk over. I would make sure we talked everything over with David Olson beforehand. I'd mm-hmm. approve it. You know, everything, Coach. <laughs> oh, boy, you haven't lived until you've done a pre-production meeting with David Olson. To no, me, no, you have not. 
arguably the best 90 seconds of my uh, my day each and every day. So Lincecum blows three pitches away with Alfonso Soriano. He shrugs, goes back to the dugout, and all of a sudden Reed Johnson comes up. And I'm like, how many people here think Reed Johnson realizes that there's a runner at third and less than two us? And the guys in front of me like, yeah, he knows. Three pitches later, Reed Johnson makes the right-hand turn and goes right back in the dugout. He had no chance. You know what I mean? It was just totally different. One guy has no clue, and the other guy knows. You know what I mean? And he, Three pitches later, Reed Johnson puts his head down and like, oh, this guy destroyed by Tim Lincecum. I like that expression, the, the dreaded right-hand turn, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, uh, in five words or less, Big Dog, your thoughts on Doug Davis, no longer part of the Chicago Cubs. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I do believe uh, producer David Olson did a little extra homework last night, early this morning, when we found out the departure of Doug Davis. We put together a brief, brief moment in his career, but the highlights of Doug Davis as a Chicago Cub pitcher. We got it carded up. You ready, Big Dog? And here it is. Thank you, know, you very much. And again, that was not a technical glitch. That literally was the tape of the highlights of Doug Davis. You know, he did make Carlos Quentin pop up with the bases loaded yep. in the Cubs White Sox game a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and he pitched a, a win against the Yankees, I believe, as well. Now, I do realize that if the Cubs had a chance, I would understand picking up a veteran to fill up some void. This team isn't going anywhere. I would much rather see a 22-year-old that is the future of the Cubs two, three, four years from now getting some Major League experience than see a guy with a 7 ERA go out there and get shelled. I mean, when when he the, the left field bleachers, when there's a right-handed batter up, has to wear catcher's equipment. People are hitting so many line drives <laughs> off of this guy. Oh, goodness. Getting the big dog fired up a little bit. Speaking of fired up as we transfer into a very exciting Chicago White Sox game and a baseball round them up and wrap them up, big dog. Uh, coming up tomorrow, in case you were not aware, with all the July 4th festivities, and this is not the 4th of July event I was talking about, but uh, you got White Sox Cup Series coming up. Oh, I totally forgot that was going on. Yeah. A lot of people have. It's kind of getting lost in the whole 4th of July thing, the fact that they just played. But Sox versus Cubs, stage two. This will be at Wrigley Field. Any chance you will, again, be in one of those sections providing ombudsman input? Uh, if there's a Sunday night game, I might be there, Coach. But okay. uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be uh, giving uh, wonderful tours along the oh, Chicago boy. River, Coach. Should be busy this weekend. Oh, we're really busy, Coach. Yeah. Really busy. And plus, there's a wedding i got to go to this weekend. Wow. It's not good, wow. Coach. Now, make I, sure. I, I, it's going to be hot this weekend. Make sure you wear the proper sunscreen UV protection. I don't want you to get uh, red and burned. You're a pretty fair-skinned guy. you probably go lobster if you're out in the sun too long. I, I really appreciate you looking out for me, Coach. I just want to let you know, you have no clue how much of that stuff I go through. Yep. I... I want to get some sun and get some color. Okay, well, if I want some color, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll watch In Living Color, okay? There's no <laughs> way. I, like, legit, I, I, You know what? If I can't find sunscreen, I'll put mayonnaise on, Coach. It don't matter. I yeah. will not ever get a sunburn. I, I, I will not do that to myself. I, I hate to tell you, I've kind of gone your route the last four or five years, and I, I slathered on pretty good, too. I've become, I remember as a young, and probably like you, teenagers, early 20s, you know, you're out there in the sun, supposedly was healthy. Well, over the last 30 years, I've gone completely the other route, and now I'm I'm not paranoid of the sun, but I will get out of it, and if in it, will slather myself in like sunscreen protection 70. Coach, yeah, you got you have to respect the sun, okay? Yes. And anybody, you know, when you when you see like a 
uh, a 55 year old woman who looks like she's 85. Yep. It was because she was a sun worshiper in the 70s and 80s, and now her skin is destroyed, and you know, it's, and they look disgusting. That mm-hmm. might sound nasty, and I don't mean to be rude, but that's what happened. I will not let the sun do that to my body. Like when people are like, "Wow, you're pasty and fair." Yeah, I am. I am because if I stay out in the sun, I don't get sunburns, Coach. I blister, blister. Like my lips will just. Oh, it's disgusting, Coach. So, I, trust me, I respect it, my friend. I respect it. Right, beautiful. Thank you for that description. Once again, we are America's number one breakfast show. As long as you're not eating breakfast or in America. As long as Big Dog's not talking about his lips blistering up. All right, eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. Final day of the month of June, Big Dog. Uh, as we say goodbye, as we bid adieu to another month. Any uh, thoughts or memories from the month of June you'd like to bring up? Um, wow, this, this is a quick month, Coach. To be honest with you, uh, I didn't realize it had gone so fast. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. All right, we got July 4th weekend. Now, the, 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 before I forget, the event coming up this weekend, Big Dog, it snuck up on us again once, uh, you know, we got no interns here, production department, we're on low fees here. We did not, uh, none of our producers informed us. I had to do the research myself. But this weekend, Saturday, begins one of the great sporting events in the world, arguably the second most popular sporting event next to the World Cup, the Tour de France, Big Dog. The Tour de France begins Saturday. I know you have to be at least mildly excited. Yeah, mildly. I mean, this is a grueling, grueling event. Ten days straight of bicycling anywhere between 150 and 300 miles. And if it's only 150, that means that whole 150 was uphill. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you get a day off, and then ten more days of exactly the same stuff. All right, that's, that's, that's a pretty grueling event. 20 out of 21 days exercising as hard as you possibly can. For anywhere between four to seven hours. Well put. Well that's, put. That's legit right there. Okay. And you wonder why all those guys are on drugs? <laughs> that's why, Coach. Yeah. I we, mean, how could a human body do that without being juiced up on steroids? Well, uh, you would hope that they'd find a way, but we, we did mention yesterday, in addition to the unbelievable athletic cardiovascular excellence of these bicyclers, it's also become the Tour de France almost like an all-star convention, a who's who of drug doping agents and um, mm-hmm. and research personnel? Yeah, Coach, exactly. It's, right now, I would have to say there's probably 200 of the top chemists in the yes. world <laughs> at, at, in France. And you think I'm, you're laughing about it, but no, it's true. I think it's a wonderful, what a heck of a convention. Oh, yeah, hey, we got to have a refrigerator in our trailer yeah. Why? To, to keep the water cold. No, to make sure the blood that we took out of him two months ago was nice and cold so we, wow. when we dope him up with it right before the event. Oh, okay, just as long as you got that taken care of. Can you imagine sure. the bars late at night with the, you got uh, not only the bicycle fans, but you got all the drug doping agents in there, the chemists, the scientists. Must be a hell of a party for those 21 days post, uh, you know, after hours. Hey, what's your specialty? Well, I'm, I'm really good at, uh, if somebody is really good at endurance, but they don't have that oomph to get a, you know, the speed at the last second. No, so I inject them with this. Yeah. It'll probably take 30 years off of their life, but the remaining years they have will be really, really good ones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's yeah. nice to know. That's like going to die at 40, but he's going to be a really happy 40-year-old. All the newest products, the newest in technology are unofficially on display, and it's it's like an all-star game for the best of the best in masking agents. It's uh, you know, a good time will be had by all. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm surprised somebody didn't take Barbaro's heart out and replace it into a, a, a cyclist. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not, uh, I, I'm totally natural. The only thing I ever did was take Barbaro's heart. You know what I mean? So 
Who knows <laughs> what, what it takes for this guy. So. At any rate, for the, I think, the 10th consecutive year we've been together, Big Dog, eight years on the morning break, our second year here on the TalkZone.com. David Olson, our producer, is pained by it, but I am proud to say for the 10th consecutive year there's no other station, certainly in Chicago, and I'll argue in the country, in this country anyways, that will give you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France, like the big dog and the coach. I'm proud of it, and we'll continue to do it. Coach, if you are able to give me at least two of the three <laughs> mountain ranges they ride through, yes. I actually will give you stage-to-stage coverage this year. You, you want them now? Yeah. Well, how about uh, you, the- I don't want you to look it up on Google. <laughs> you got 10 seconds. What are they? All right, how about the Pyrenees? Oh, you got the Pyrenees. I just thought you would miss that. <laughs> and how about Mil- Mount Kilimanjaro? Well, that is in uh, you know, central western yeah. Africa, well, or central know, eastern a, Africa. So no, that is not it, believe it or a, not. That would be a long bike ride. That huh? would really, that'd be the 23rd day. Boy, would that be grueling. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if they changed the rules, the guys, you know, all right, after you finish it, we added one more stage. It's called Africa. Uh, no, all right. Give me a preview. A couple of other mountains that they'll be climbing. This I, I, is exciting. The French Alps and the Swiss Alps. It always uh, gets me confused why they're doing Tour uh, de France and they end up in the Swiss Alps somehow. I always thought the Swiss Alps were overrated. I'm a big yeah, French yeah. Alps guy, but the Swiss Alps, much ado about nothing. <laughs> you know, if you know, I'm not. If we can turn the subject to, to oh, please the Swiss. turn it. Oh, I thought you were going to turn it elsewhere, but uh, go ahead, Coach. You know, if if uh, Obama's actually getting people out of Afghanistan, and I have I right. Can we invade Switzerland as a country? No. Why not? They're the ones got- that uh, they basically have all the, the the Jew money from the one that Hitler confiscated from these people. Never the the people the Swiss banks never gave it back to the people mm-hmm. who owned that money originally. Uh, the, the drug money of people that billions of dollars in drug money. These people put it in Switzerland, and they, they, we come and say, "Hey, can we get some evidence?" No, no, no. We'll have nothing to do with that. And as you know, these guys get whacked. They keep the billions of dollars over there. If we were going to invade any country in the world, for me, I, I'm all for invading, invading Switzerland and put me on the front line, Coach. I'm mm, curious. That's, that's tempting. But, you know, right now we are in a deficit crunch financial situation. But we got to take a couple years off from invading other countries. We just don't well, have the money. If we invade the right one, Switzerland, we can get some of the money back that they've been stealing from people over the last 200 years. Okay. There's a reason why they're neutral. And they're way up in the mountains. Because, I mean, to, to be quite honest with you, Coach, uh, the money, did you ever hear, like, why they call it Friday the 13th? No. Okay, on the, on a Friday the 13th in the 1300s, the, uh, the king of France, and I forget his name, and I'll find out what it is. He was like, he was like a Louis IV or something like that. He was one of the Louis. Had, he basically wanted the execution of all the Knights Templar. And the Knights Templar at the time were the bankers of the world. They had all the money, Okay. Well, the guys were smart, and they decided that the ones that had control of all of their jewels and their gold, diamonds, everything, they got that stuff and crates, went right to Switzerland, okay, started a bank, and they basically had all the money in the world. And that the Swiss are the original Knight Templars, believe it or not. That's what people are like, really? That's where all the money went. So if anyone wants to find the Holy Grail, you know, the, the, the supposedly the, the thing that tells you where the blood of Jesus came from, all that other stuff, the Swiss have it, Coach. Not only can break down the pitching mechanics and performance of Tim Lincecum and Ryan Dempster, but can give you a little history on uh, Switzerland and the United States' reasons for invading them. You know what? Uh, you, you paint a pretty good picture, Big Dog. I, I'm all for it, Coach. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm sure there's some of your brethren that was uh, 
that was had everything taken away from them when they lived in Germany or Poland or mm-hmm. Romania and that part of the world. Time to. You know, I, I bet you that that money's sitting in a Swiss bank somewhere gaining interest right now. Time to make up for lost time. You get you got to spend a little money to make a little money. In this case, invade early and um, you'll get your payday a little bit later. You, you, you invade Afghanistan. Afghanistan, okay, yeah, some women get learn how to read. They don't get beat up by their husbands, you know, but we got a rock. You know, not Iraq, but a rock as in just a big rock in <laughs> Afghanistan. Okay, but if you invade Switzerland, it's a lot of blonde women and look at all the banks. Just, I'm just throwing it out there. It's we not do bad. get heard on seven continents, and I do know there's many people that mm-hmm. are along with me that have a loathing of the Swiss. Mm-hmm. Now it's, they're cheese, though. It's not that bad. You can't get rid of that stuff's good. Though. Right now, the Barack Obama 2012 campaign is uh, kind of stuck a little bit rudderless. Right now, they need that catchphrase, big dog. That might be the one. That might be the uh, the little extra niche that uh, gives the uh, Obama campaign a little kickstart. I like that. You know, everybody wants to blame Canada. Yeah. You know, hey, let's blame Canada. Let's take it out on Canada. They're our neighbors. We might need them in, a, you know, 10, 15 Who years. Nobody okay. wants to blame Canada. Canada's our friends to the north, very mellow, user-friendly. Who, who's blaming Canada? Oh, you, you're you not big on on, on uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, are you, Coach? Trey Parker and who? They're, they're, they're the South Park guys, Coach. I'm just messing oh, okay. around. They, they blame Canada for everything. Okay. So. Yeah, they got a movie out, don't they? Yeah, and, and there's a Broadway a, play, Broad, and, Broadway uh, musical, I should say. Uh, there's something else the they got. There's a TV show or a play or something. The South Park creators. Yeah, they've got a Broadway musical. Just won all these Tonys. And and you know what what song won for best song in a Tony? Uh, to dream the impossible dream from the man from La Mancha. Coach, you got to know that I like to tie things together. The name of the song is Blame Canada. There you go. That was the hit song. Yes, blame Canada. You just Google it. It's hilarious, Coach. Robin Williams is the original. He sung it and made it up, the original one. <laughs> All right. I will do that. I'm writing it down as we speak. <laughs> Very good. Any other uh, historical tidbits or notes, Big Dog, before we move into our uh, baseball round them up and wrap them up? No, I think we should move to baseball before I show some more of my uh, ignorance. No, 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 no. I enjoyed that. It was very okay. good, and it appeared to be historically, uh, for the most part, correct, which is uh, not too bad. Oh, yeah, uh, but you got to look up the Friday the 13th and the French King and the Knights Templar. That yeah. story's incredible, Coach. Yeah. I used to know a guy named Mike Templar. Well, Knights Templar is something totally different. Okay, very good. Uh, White Sox knockoff, Colorado, big dog, 3-2. to two. You were watching a great game at the same time as soon as that ended. Heck of a finish there, too. White Sox pull it out on a uh, play at home, really, a sacrifice fly by A.J. Persinski. Great game. Good pitching duel. Mark Burley pitched extremely well, and uh, Sergio Santos picked up the save. But an exciting win, and certainly a needed one for the beloved Sox. By any chance, do you know if Troy Tulowitzki got a hit yesterday? <sighs> for your fantasy? What do you get him on he was my beat-the-streak guy yesterday, Coach. And if you're not playing that out there, people, go to MLB.com. You just pick a, a different player every day to get a hit. And if you get 56 in a row, well, that's they right. give you $5.6 million, Coach. Yeah. And, I, and I'm up in the high 20s, Coach. Come so, on. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm Coach. I'm, I, can, I can look at pitching matchups. And I'm, I'm like, Tulowitzki's going to get a hit off. High 20s? Uh-huh. That's unbelievable. I'm almost afraid to look and, and to disappoint you. But I'm going to tell you here in a second, Troy Tulowitzki. I started looking at San Diego, Colorado, oh, okay. Colorado Rock. Well, yeah, while you're know. looking, people, go to MLB.com, and you can pick up, like, an automatic guy. So just say, like, uh, oh, you, oh, the streak is over. Oh, oh for you two. You know how hard this is? Coach, oh. it's unbelievably hard. I can't even tell you. The longest this year, and they have had, they've had millions of entries. The longest this year is 37 games by wow. anybody. Wow. And mine is, like, 26-27. I was right in there. Dang. 
According to the according to the Chicago Tribune, oh for two yesterday. Must have got a couple of walks or a sacrifice, so only had two legitimate attempts. Let's test the big dogs now with which major league baseball player right now has the longest hitting streak in baseball. Oh, 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 I would Um That's you know what, coach, I actually heard it and the guy just reached twenty games, didn't he? Nineteen. Okay, he's right. I don't know. I know Hunter Pence has the longest one this season, and then Andre Ethier. How about, right, if, I give, how about if I give this in a consistent Cub killer the last five years? A consistent Cub killer from one of our last... from one of our Cub arch rivals. Uh, Matt Holiday? Nope. Colby Rasmus? Nope. Wrong team. Hunter Pence? Wrong team. Andrew McCutcheon? Wrong team. Neil Walker? Wrong team. Oh, well, yeah, that's, I guess I, that's, oh, so it's Ryan Braun. Hey, bing, ding, 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 19 games for Ryan Braun. He got a hit in defeat yesterday. The Milwaukee Brewers getting, uh, beaten, but Braun gets a streak up to 19 games. They uh, lost to the Yankees 5-2. to two. That's, that's a, it's a pretty good streak, coach. He's got to, he's got to get, he has to double what he already has in 19 for 38 more to break Joe DiMaggio's streak. <laughs> He's one-third of the way to breaking it. Congratulations, Ryan Braun. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, that 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 that's a great way of describing how unbelievable that streak is. Because a 19-game hitting streak is worthy of us acknowledging it. Yeah. And yet it's not even close to yeah. anywhere near the record. He's, he's got he's to repeat that 19 as amazing it would be if you could somehow repeat the 19 in a row. And, and if you hit that mark, good job, Ryan. you got to do 19 more now. Yes, that's a, that's wow. exactly where wow. he's at right that's now. A... And coach, the way I look at it is, if I, I, I said it with Andre Ethier, twenty eight is the number. If you get to twenty eight, you it's like fifty home runs. You just did something that only happens once every three or four years, mm-hmm. and you you got halfway to Dimaggio. Cinemax, Cindy emailing in. Apparently, she's not a baseball fan. She wants to know if Andre Ethier is one of the drugs that the agents will be uh, applying at the Tour de France. And I, I yes, think... as a matter of fact, yes, coach. <laughs> That's uh, only to the actual people who are checking the yes. the, the, the chemicals in the yes, people's do, body. Do not take any amounts of Andre Ethier before competing in the Tour de France because you'll be disqualified earlier. And Cinemax Cindy, she's a great uh, she. He is a great hitter for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Real quick, big dog Philadelphia and Boston possible. Possible preview of a World Series 2011. If so, I've said it before, it might be one of the best World Series ever. Right now, though, the Phillies, two in a row over Boston, pitching, overhitting. They win 2-1 to one yesterday. Nice ball game. Yeah, who was the pitchers yesterday? Uh, I, I was watching that. There was a bunch of zeros being thrown up. I'm like, how often? It was like, when was the last time I was at Wrigley Field and saw so many zeros up on the big scoreboard? You know what I mean? It really is a Well, especially now. against what you have called the best hitting lineup since the Cincinnati Reds of the mid-'80s. Yes, I, and I totally, I totally believe that, Coach. And to make it even more amazing, it was not Roy Happy Halliday, it was not Roy Oswald, it was not Cole Hamels, it was not Joe Blanton, and it was not who am I missing? There's other superstar. It was not Cliff, Cliff Lee. Lee. It was a rookie, Vince so, Worley. Oh, have you seen this guy pitch? So I have far? Vance Worley. I'm sorry, Vance. I have not seen him pitch. He is phenomenal. You know, it's unbelievable. So not only are they throwing out money at people like Cliff Lee and you know trading for Roy Halliday. Worley should be pitching for the Chicago Cubs right now. The Cubs, the Cubs need to make a trade with the Phillies and get this kid. I, I'm not kidding. And how, how good is it for this kid? He's this young phenom. Everybody's talking about how great he is. Well, guess what? 
you're going to be our fifth starter when we need you. And while you're here, there's no pressure on you. Just throw us a couple good innings. And while you're here, talk to Halliday and Cliff Lee and Roy Oswald about what it takes to become a really good pitcher and Cole Hamels. What a situation that guy is in. He's going to end up being a superstar in like four mm-hmm. or five years, Coach. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I don't know, was it his first start of the year? No, no, no. He's had about uh, eight starts this okay. year. Oswald's been hurt a lot. He's been consistently six innings, two runs every time he goes out, Coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yesterday he did that a little bit better. I think he went seven innings and held, again, one of the better hitting lineups we've seen the Boston Red Sox to one run. So the Phillies, uh, two straight over Boston, maybe making a statement. How about the New York Mets, big dog? 14 runs yesterday, six, uh, two days ago. 16 runs yesterday, beat Detroit 16-9, to nine, got 20 hits. They're breaking out in a big way. It's Acne City in, uh, in New York. And the National League MVP after the first half of the season because everybody's getting around 81 games right now. Jose Reyes, you are a friend of mine. Wow. He's having right now one of the most electrifying seasons in the last 30 years any player has had, Coach. Wow. When you when you talk about just overall entertainment, I know a lot of people just like to see big fat dudes go up there, strike out three times, and they hit a home run in their fourth at bat. But if you want to see a guy that every, he's, he's, he's having like a year like Ichiro had in 2001. Triples, doubles, stealing bases, goes from first to third in a heartbeat. Oh, his team needs a bunt, he gets the bunt down. Oh, he's leading off the inning in a tie game. Uh, well, guess what? He just walked and he just stole two bases. He's on third base with no odds. I mean, he's, I'm not exaggerating, coach. Every single game, he does five things that blow your mind. When, uh, I do not miss a Mets game when it's on television. I've never said that ever. ever. Look, up until this year, I had no reason to ever watch the Mets unless the Cubs were playing. And now I will not miss a Jose Reyes at bat. You can't miss him in the field. You can't miss him on the base pass. And, oh, by the way, Coach, just a reminder, this is the best season he's ever had. Guess what? It's a contract year. So be careful, (laughs) anybody who's about to throw 100. So as much as I'm lauding him right now, I would still not give him more than a – I give him a one-year deal. $30 million, one-year deal, Jose Reyes. That's the most anybody's ever made for one season. Yeah, you're right. And guess what? We're going to get the same season we just did out of him. So, yeah, Jim, Jim Hendry, if you're listening, please, no eight-year deals for Jose Reyes. No, no. And or seven or six I, or five. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if Jose Reyes needs a public, uh, publicist, he could do much worse than hiring you, Big Dub, because uh, whatever stock he's got, you got me buying. Yeah, well, well, Coach, the last couple of years he's had like a calf injury and mm-hmm. a hamstring injury. It's always with the legs, and he's so fast. He's one of those guys, like like you said, if Paul Canerco t- like pulled a groin muscle, it wouldn't be news because nobody even realizes that Paul Canerco is one of the best hitters in, in the game of baseball, so no one would even notice. Okay, And the other thing is we'd be like, does he even use his legs? Why would he even need a groin? You know, so uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the last couple of years he's had all these injuries. And like this year he started doing Pilates and doing all this other stuff to strengthen his core and elongate his muscles. Because he, he knew one thing, he was in a contract year. So, might as well. I mean, I don't blame these guys. I think I would do it. We're all human beings. Mm-hmm. I'm admitting it. But, uh, wow, he is at the peak. No shortstop has played like this. Honestly, Coach. Because uh, to me, it's more impressive a guy that's hitting, leading the league in batting average and runs scored and being the best defensive shortstop in the game and steal, leading or second in the National League and stolen bases is more impressive than some guy that. Hits 265 with 45 home runs and strikes mm-hmm. out 180 times. So. He is, uh, you, you sound like, you know what you sound like? You sound like you're giving me a description of what I still consider the best player I ever saw, even though I only saw him until age 12 or 13, Roberto Clemente, the ultimate five-tool player. Could hit for power, when you say power, not necessarily home runs, but he'll go gap. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. can hit for average. 
He's got the arm, he can field, and he can run. He's, he's the five-tool guy. You sound like you're describing Roberto Clemente, which is the ultimate compliment to yeah, Jose like, Reyes. Yeah, like Roberto Clemente only had 221 career homers. Okay, Coach, but legitimately, everybody that I know that is a diehard baseball fan that is in your age bracket says they always say the greatest clutch hitter I've ever seen was Roberto Clemente. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I mean that's uh, I mean that's that's a bold statement, Coach. There's something to be said. I mean, I would I'd, that's a real true power hitter, a slugger. A slugger is the guy that you don't want to see in a key situation. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Alfonso Soriano will probably have 200 more career home runs than Roberto Clemente. Mm-hmm. I think, who would you rather have? Okay, it's pretty, it's pretty safe to say. And by the way, just to answer Cinemax, Cindy, before she emails in again, no chance. Hopefully, Jose Reyes has been tested uh, for Andre Athier and other uh, illegal doping agents. Hopefully, I, he he doesn't have the body of okay. uh, of a steroid guy, but neither did Rafael Palmero. There are steroids that don't increase the, your muscle size; they just increase your uh, mm-hmm. your your white muscle fiber, which is your explosive muscle fiber. Interesting. So you don't look bigger, but you're you're faster. You were, you uh, rec- what we call recoup quicker, and but you don't get bigger. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, real quick, got a couple of minutes left. Big dog and the coach with you, and the two guys at a mic show feels like a Friday, only a Thursday. So we're back at you tomorrow on a beautiful Friday, July one, headed to the big weekend. But we got to talk real quick, big dog, about the Wimbledon tennis tournament yesterday. Roger Federer knocked off by uh, Joe Wilfried. Songus and the surprise there was not so much the upset, but the fact that Federer had actually won the first two sets. An amazing comeback by Joe Wilfried. Wow, that's what happened? You know, like Federer losing was such a big story. My girlfriend, who doesn't know anything about sports, was like, Federer lost. I mean, that's how that's how big of a deal it was. And he was up two sets? I had no idea. Apparently wow. the first time in any kind of major tournament ever in the Federer career. That he had won first two sets and then and then had been beaten the next three. Oh yeah, I, I, I that's a hundred percent sure. I, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, I didn't even have to hear that stat and would have known that, Coach. Wow. I guarantee you, there were a lot of babies born both in South Africa, probably in the United States yesterday. That at the last second were probably named Joe Wilfried. Well, I don't know, Coach, because you know Willie Mo Pena hit a walk-off oh, home run for the Diamondbacks I, the other interesting. day. Interesting. You mentioned that because that's exactly what I was thinking of talking to JW yesterday. We talked about a lot of kids. On yesterday's show, Big Dog, we talked about a lot of babies being named Willie Moe yesterday. And by the way, I heard the guy yesterday was really good, and I, I shouldn't even show up anymore. No, no, no. No, 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 no. He's strictly, he's only a freshman in Kyle. Basically, the message I gave him is that uh, we're keeping the seat warm for him. Me and the Big Dog will go three more years than we fully expect J.W. Jack Washer, the rookie out of Missouri, to take over our show. So we got we got three more years, Big Dog, and then we're being pushed aside. By the way, Coach, I am trying to find you a co-host. Because I'm, I'm assuming that eventually I will get another job. And just to let you know, I am looking. Uh, I know I'm looking tall, blonde, and thin female. Just to let interesting. you know. I, interesting. I, if, this if this show could you. get interesting because, surprisingly, I was trying to find you another co-host. I thought you would take over for me, so we're thinking alike. And I was looking for a co-host for you, tall and, and uh, lean and brunette. So possibly the two of us will be out. There'll be a you know a tall blonde and a tall brunette, and the show will actually get ratings. That's if 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 it takes us leaving the show to make it popular, coach. Whatever it I'm takes, I'm willing to do it. Okay? Absolutely, I have that type of stick to it. For us to be successful, it's kind of sad, but apparently for us to be successful, we no longer can be part of it. It's uh, it's one of your famous Groucho Marx 
uh, yes. uh, Cliff Coach, uh, I will not be associated <laughs> with a club that would be willing to have me as a member. That's one of the greatest lines of all time. <laughs> not, not just a line, one of the greatest humorous concepts of all time. Oh, goodness. All right, we get Wimbledon tennis, uh, and the women are playing this this morning. I don't know. I think we have a couple of finalists. I don't know who won this morning, but I know uh, Sharapova was in the final. There were two overs left, and one of the overs have advanced to the finals. That much I know. Okay. And it wasn't Sharapova. So we could have your dream, big dog. In a women's final, we could have two overs meeting each other. Oh, it'll be totally over. Bet the over. I will bet the over, Coach. Remember, it ain't over until the fat lady sings. And ain't no fat ladies that are named Ova. <laughs> oh, your favorite your favorite tennis player was Bendenova, was it not? No, it's Agnieszka Redvonska. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, you know how much I like Agnieszka. Oh, yeah, you liked her a little bit too much. It got the, the show got a little uncomfortable for a brief moment in time. Then I found out I was uh, related. Yes. Talking about uncomfortable, Coach. That didn't seem to stop you. All right, we got to wrap up today's show. Big dog, uh, David Olson, our producer. Big Dog, I'll leave it up to you. What motivational words would you give David as he uh, wraps up another two guys in a mic show? Uh, well, at least you got like six or seven hours to go back home to, to, to have to deal with the children. <laughs> I don't know if it's motivational, but it was actually comforting. <laughs> oh, goodness. Blagojevich, so they say he might you know, he might be doing better in, in prison really? you know, instead of dealing with the kid. I like the one uh, T-shirt, by the way. It said Illinois, where our governors actually make the license plates. <laughs> have a great day dog we'll talk to you tomorrow we're out of here two guys in a mic talk more bad jokes tomorrow at 10 o'clock don't be late